It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, it's a beautiful Monday at City National Arena, and Vegas Golden Knight fans are all smiles after a big weekend at the Fortress. Live from Studio 31, this is Nighttime at Noon alongside Darren Elliott. I'm Brian McCormick. We've got Daniel Smythe on the other side of the glass. Ryan Floyd in here as well. Broadcast experts all around the building to bring you uh, the key storylines of a Western Conference final that has now shifted to Dallas for Game 3 and a uh, series that the Golden Knights have a firm hold of after winning the first two games at the Fortress. Uh, You can follow along with us not only on Fox Sports Las Vegas, as many of you already are, but on the VGK Digital channels as well. Uh, and we've got plenty to cover, of course. Game one and two success. Uh, we're going to hear plenty of sound from head coach Bruce Cassidy, from Mark Stone and Ivan Barbashev as well. Uh, everyone had something to say before getting on the uh, plane to head to Dallas. Uh, and uh, we'll have some discussion about the uh, the rest of the hockey world as well. There's a pretty good series going on out east as well. But, uh, you know, Darren, I think... We all had a sense of what this series might look like between the Golden Knights and Dallas Stars heading into this past weekend. We assumed it was going to be tight, fight for every inch, two really disciplined, structured teams. I feel like we got exactly what we were expecting. Uh, So far, uh, and we hope that it carries through just this way as well. Uh, We just uh, flashed the graphic up there on the digital side to, to show where we are with, on the other side, is it what they expected? Florida winning both? Probably not. Um, Overtime, tight checking, low event, that's what we thought it would be, and that's what it's been so far. But we've come out on the the right side of the equation uh, and the score both times, so so far so good. And to to your point, two overtime games out west, two overtime games out east. We got off uh, a little lighter than they did out in Raleigh (laughs) because we only had to deal with a grand total of what, I'd say about three minutes of overtime. Is there anything better than winning on home ice in overtime when it's less than two minutes. So you get all the buildup and you get the immediate payoff. Like, Be efficient about it. Oh, it's fantastic. You get the highlight to watch all day at work the next day, but you didn't have to hang around too long for it. But, you know, it was it was Brett Houghton in game one. It was Chandler Stevenson in game two. But in in both instances, again, you, you know, you made the – you phrased it perfectly. It was a low-event weekend. If you talk about the uh, comparison out east – I don't know if if overtime for games one and two between the Hurricanes and Panthers is what people were expecting, but if it was, I think they thought it was going to be a higher event situation. They've been playing the similar grinded-out style, and what I'm kind of coming around to is is that in this postseason, and the last two years we've been in an era of of high-scoring hockey. Goals are up as much as they've been in 30 years. You kind of expect in the playoffs you're going to revert back to that that grind, fight-for-every-inch style, get a little bit more uh, 90s, type style we really didn't get in rounds one or two either it stayed high flying it stayed high event but now we're seeing a bit of a you know this looks a little more like 2014 2015 and the the reason i bring that up is why these gotta be really encouraging for the golden knights is that i wonder if as a player if you kind of have to find the comfort level in those kinds of games again and by that i mean i feel like most teams why are comebacks so common teams kind of feel like okay you know what we're down by two, but we're going to have four or five more scoring chances. We're right. going to have our opportunities. You just got to hit them. In a game like yesterday, this is a Golden Knights team that is saying, okay, you know what? We might get one look. We might get one chance to knot this up. 
you can't miss that one chance, and they get it with Jonathan Marchessault off a brilliant feed from Jack Eichel. But it's a team that seemed really, really comfortable being patient and trusting that they were going to get that one look. And all the comebacks prove that, that the team is comfortable. They've been in more one-goal games than, than almost everybody in, in, during the regular season. So th- this is how they've played. I think the way the goal was scored to tie the game with 222, 2 in game two, just, yeah, you know, it was the fact that you can't just rely on scoring off the rush. Put the puck in, they forechecked, they came up with the turnover, and then the brilliance of Jack Eichel to, to do a shoulder check and peek where Marcheseau might be and Marcheseau reading that and getting to the proper side as a right-handed shot and a no-look backhand pass off the wall on the tape. Beautiful by Eichel and then the finish up high by, by Marcheseau. That's all the brilliant side. The other part of it had to do with here's the turnover and, and, and it's shut, seal the boards, read it, react, get it done in clutch and crunch time. To me, it was about being willing to, even though there's only two minutes to go in the game, roughly, we're not forcing it off the rush. Yeah, We're going to chip it in, make them, put them under a little bit of pressure, make them make a mistake, and then make them pay with our skill. And you can hear the uh, the frustration for those of you who are in our streaming audience. Thank yes. you, Floyd, for getting that yeah. highlight up on the screen. Nice. Uh after the game, if you followed any of the, the Dallas commentary, and you can see Ryan Suter, he bristled a little bit, understandably, yeah. on, on that sequence. Because 20-year vet. First, there's the giveaway. And this is a controlled situation. Right. Andrew stops it, paddles it to him. This is a controlled situation. It's a bad giveaway. And then he doesn't pick Marcheseau up in front either. Well, Marcheseau's right-handed shot goes behind him. Suter, left-handed stick. So he's playing to his strong side. It's the perfect storm. But it's the perfect pass because Eichel had checked before the puck came back. Like he took a peek right yep. there for you streamers again. It's like he didn't, he knew where the opportunity was going to be and delivered an unbelievable pass. Uh, you know, Suter, he's like I said, a twenty-year vet. Um, he's had better moments yeah. certainly, but it, it, it started with the pressure. It started with you put a team under pressure. Haskin in first of all, it's like a. Bouncing puck, sloppy, like just just a casual play more than sloppy yeah. leads to a, a game time goal, and you have to be ready to strike. Marcia so was, and that was Barbashev. The whole line yeah. factored in on that goal. And you know, if we had the opportunity for truth serum, as again we saw a few uh, looks at the at the goal there. Yeah. For Suter, it's like, well, that's a soft rim around the wall. He probably thinks Haskin is going to be there for he him d- on the D to D. He yeah. does, and then again, you've got the whole thing: two lefties instead of lefty righty. You know, Haskin is not on his strong side, so he's slow to get there. Yeah, uh, he's on his backhand to come, you know, even when he gets there. So, it was uh, a confluence of a lot of things happening properly uh, for for the Golden Knights. But you have to be willing to do that in these playoffs. Going back to the original yeah. point, especially now that you're in the conference final. Barbashev hunts the puck, uh, and Eichel again the the awareness, and also a, f- a pass. Even if he had a few more seconds, making that feed on the backhand, that's not something most players can do. And I think what's what's great again for the Golden Knights finding various different ways to win, and we've talked about depth throughout these playoffs. For the first two periods, you can make a good argument that the fourth line for the Golden Knights was their best line, and not by uh, by default. Like They were creating 
chances and, and, and difficult difficult to play against in the in the offensive zone. Teddy Bluger's been terrific. Yeah, he sure has. But this is a Golden Knights team that had ten shots through the first two periods. Okay. That's the kind of game it was. It was a it was a grinded out look for your opportunities kind of game. But what's so encouraging, I think, is that Stone Stevenson Eichel they've been they played like stars yep. throughout this postseason. There are going to be games sometimes when it's just not a free flowing game for them to create, and it's not going to be a conversation about did Jack Eichel take over a right. period. The conversation is in the thirty seconds or so that he had an opportunity to insert himself did he do it and that's what the stars of the vgk have done so well in tight games where there's no room to breathe when there's a window to take a breath do you do something with it and the golden knight stars did that they've done it throughout the playoffs stone and eichel leading the way with 15 points in the playoffs and you've got uh you know carlson and stevenson leading with seven goals um so it was interesting and we'll hear from coach and uh mark uh, mark stone later in the show but he talked about, okay, so there's, we, we've talked about this all year. They have found ways to win. Yeah. Their, their depth has been the reason. Like, you start with the fourth line. The, you have to use your fourth line. They have to know what the role is for depth to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go back to Edmonton. We said, oh, they rely on two guys, three or four guys. They have depth, too. They just don't play them. So all, all that happens is you play six or seven minutes as a fourth-line guy in Edmonton, you're just giving the big guys a rest. It's like, let nothing bad happen. That, that permeates your, your thought process, and that's why Edmonton is stuck where they are right now. Conversely, since day one, Bruce Cassidy's come in here and said, our fourth line has to elevate so they can play 12 minutes. That has to be part of it because then your star players play 18 and a half minutes. Part of that is the buy-in from your star players, and that has certainly been there. And then, as you said, Brian, there it's not like quantity of opportunities. It's quality. When you get it, can you make it make a difference? And, and they've done that. So, again, you mentioned depth. You know, to get to the bottom, you got to get through the middle, too. And if you look at the Edmonton scenario, you've got the McDavid's and the Dreisaitl's, of course. The Fogles and the Ryans had a pretty good series for Edmonton. Right? The Nugent Hopkins and the Canes did not. So it's, again, are you getting a four-line rotation yeah, you McLeod can trust? McLeod was good, too. McLeod could, was good, so too. Yeah, 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 and then, like you said, you had a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know, over 100 points, albeit 59 points on the power play. Wow. Um, <laughs> and he'd never had more than 70. So you can't count on that, and they certainly couldn't count on that in the postseason, and, and it cost them. And the depth, and the other part of it is, Bruce Cassidy talked about the team being, he says, I've, I've talked about them being imperfect, mm. but we found ways to win. Different guys, different ways, different nights, all adds up to 10 playoff wins. And imperfect can be good, because if you're if you're perfect winning, that means when you're not perfect, you're not winning. That's, so that's, it's, that's yeah, right. it's uh, there, there's a method to it. Now, we, again, talked about the, the tight margins and the Golden Knights, how they're finding ways, different ways, but consistently finding ways. And after game two, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau was up at the podium, spoke similarly about how they're finding a way in these uh, tight margins. And here's what Jonathan Marcheseau had to say. Left side. Ryan Clark, ESPN. Jonathan, when you look at what this team has done in overtime, what's it been about overtime in these playoffs that's allowed you to have success? But especially in a series like this where, like, the margins are so thin that you could be up 0-2, tied at 1-1, or down at 0-2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely they're, they're tight games. And we know uh, the kind of team Dallas was, and they're a team that always keeps it tight as well. So uh, I, I just think that we're, we're a veteran group. 
we know how to handle those situations and we know that the first everybody's first shift is important and sets the momentum uh, in the overtime and lucky enough uh, Chandler's line was able to get those two overtime goals there so uh uh we early in the in the overtime and, and it just shows how much uh, a relentless team that we are and uh definitely fits in the in our uh, ended identity as a team third row in the middle as an original misfit you kind of have a long view of the franchise in its six years and i'm wondering <clears throat> does this particular year kind of stand out as a little different in the sense that you guys are pulling out these razor thin wins really clutch plays is there something in your gut that tells you this year might be a little different than prior years uh yeah th- this year we have the best team we ever had i think uh but not only on paper, we just have the way we, we play. I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, we're playing good hockey right now. But, I mean, if you guys remember the first year, no one thought we were going to win against Winnipeg in semifinals, and we won. And we thought that we, we, we hit our stride there, and we won the first game in the final, and we lose four in a row. So there's so much more work to do. Uh, I don't want to think too far ahead. I think it's one of those things that kind of slip away from us uh, that year. And uh, I know, know that I'm, I learned from my mistakes from that year. And you want to take it uh, one game at a time. I don't want to think too far. I'm, right now my head is in game three in Dallas, and we'll take it from there. And that was Jonathan March. So after game two win, he had the tying goal. Chandler Stevens had the overtime winning goal. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's uh, – the, the wisdom from Jonathan Marsh is so this is a team that very much feels, not just looks, not just says it, they feel like they're in the moment, and, and that's really helped them to have a, a methodical approach throughout this postseason. Well, they've had such you know, franchise success, four conference finals, but you've been to the Stanley Cup final. So that means you've lost a couple times. Yeah, right. So, right. so, so they, you know, they had the down two games, four straight against Colorado, here we go, and then they've lost to Dallas, and they've lost to Montreal, right? So they've they've had those moments where we're so close already after the misfit season, where the Jonathan Marsh is so um, referenced, where he says I maybe got ahead of myself. I, he I learned from that experience, but it still didn't help you the next two times you were there. So I think they're very aware this time. That, you know what? It doesn't matter collectively as a group. We know where we are. We know who we are. And we know that we haven't accomplished anything yet. And also knowing that as well as they've played, and they've played very well, yeah. and they've gotten the job done, this is also a Dallas Stars team heading back in a 2-0 hole for Game 3, no question. But Pete DeBoer should feel very, very happy with what his team did through two games. Sure. I, I think against Winnipeg, we heard Rick Bonus's frustration, and there were some injuries that the Jets had to contend with as that series went along. The Oilers, we talked about where their deficiencies were, where yep. a great power play became almost a, oh no, we're relying on this power play too much. Through two games, I think Pete DeBoer can go into game three and say, hey, we should be trying to do a lot of the same things. Tweaks for sure, but there's a good basis for the Stars to work off of going to game three. Yeah, I don't think they're going to play any differently. I, I, I think... The Dallas Stars, Pete DeBoer, that's about what they want to do, are capable of doing. Um, again, low event, get the puck to the net. Pavelski tries to deflect everything. Robertson down low. Um, Rupe Hintz has been you know, a revelation to those that um, had never heard of him, maybe even. with What a great name. But he's a great player, truly. Um, 
Miro Haskinen didn't play well in one, was on the ice with his partner, as we showed you. So they have room to grow with their individual players maybe being a little bit better. But overall, I agree with you, Brian. They're not going to do much different. If you told Pete DeBoer there were going to be two overtime games and he was going to get two goals from Jason Robertson, he was also going to get goals from Hintz and Ben and Haskin, he probably thinks he comes away with one of those. At least one. So, And all the more reason why the VGK had to be really happy about the 2 nothing lead they have and the way they've played. Aiden Hill's a big part of that, too, and we'll talk about that as the show goes along. But we are going to take a break right now. There's a lot of audio to get to you today. We've got Bruce Cassidy in our next segment. <laughs> we're going to hear from Ivan Barbashev and Mark Stone as well. But first, a reminder, fans, that Golden Knights fans, we need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group, also known as the Cherries. AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League, where they consistently take on some of the best football teams in the world. Show your support for the Cherries by catching their matches via stream on Peacock TV. Make sure to also visit the Arsenal at City National Arena and pick up some of your Bournemouth merch, including jerseys, scarves, flags, mini soccer balls, and lapel pins. To learn more and be a part of the club's exciting new era, Make sure to visit afcb.co.uk, a couple of dots in there, afcb.co.uk, and up the cherries. We'll hop out when we come back. Bruce Cassidy's audio from this morning on a Monday afternoon, nighttime at noon, here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights have made their return to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Make sure to stay updated by tuning in to the all-new VGK Today podcast. Each episode of VGK Today will be hosted by a Golden Knights broadcaster that consists of recaps, previews, and interviews throughout the entirety of the team's journey in the 2023 postseason. New episodes are available every morning, so listen as you start your day. You can catch VGK Today by visiting your favorite podcast outlet. Justin Russo driving the bus on VGK today and bringing you pearls of wisdom from, uh, well, everyone in the VGK broadcasting stable and lots of uh, great storylines to talk through. Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you on Nighttime at Noon. Uh, And before the team took off for Dallas earlier today, where Game 3 will be, uh, Bruce Cassidy had a chance to step up to the microphone and give his thoughts on a very successful weekend. Here is head coach Bruce Cassidy. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Uh, Bruce is there a stylistic difference that you've noticed between switching Teddy and Nick on that fourth line? Obviously, that line knows their role. They want to do it well. But when you've seen Teddy on that line, is there a stylistic difference that you that you like that that line has brought? I don't think so, honestly. I think they both know that when the line's going well, they're hard to play against. And by that, I mean they're physical. They're managing pucks, so they're on the forecheck a lot, um, solid defensively. And I, so, you know, and they're different players and different skill sets, but they have the same understanding of what they need to do, if that makes any sense. So um, I haven't <clears throat> seen a whole lot. Um, Nick's probably more of a puck possession guy because he's bigger and longer, so he can do that uh, better than Teddy. But at the end of the day, Teddy finds a way to create his offense. and uh, But most of all, check well. And they both, like I said, that, that's understanding of what makes that line good and to me they're interchangeable hl.com bruce there's emotion in a series there's certainly emotion after you win overtime games when you're up 2-0 in a series what does experience do for you right now and understand you know and your guys and understanding the situation but also understanding you know it's only halfway done yeah i think the the previous series it was 1-1 and we had 
I think in both those games against both Winnipeg and Edmonton, we had a poor, poor game, and that's why it was 1-1. Yesterday, I didn't think we were on top of our game. The difference between yesterday and the, the losses we had earlier in the series against the other opponents is we were able to stick around for whatever reason. We, I think we recognized we weren't at our best, so let's not get, let it get too far away until we can get to our game, if we can ever get to our game, right? Sometimes you don't. I thought we did in the third. We did a good job starting to get through, and a little bit is that Dallas is probably not as aggressive. They're trying to protect the lead, so... And I think that's where our experience came in, all right? Don't let it completely get away from you here. We're not at our best. I think we all acknowledge that and trying to, you know, reinforce the positives, which weren't a lot, I guess, offensively the other day. And, um, but, but how we can get to our game from previous games in this year's playoffs. I don't want to go too far back because it's a different group. Um, but at the end of the day, now you're up 2 nothing, and it's still one game at a time. We've Our goal is to, to you know... Get 11 wins now, right in the playoffs, and we're at 10. So let's focus on on that. Going into Dallas, they got a really good home record. They're going to be obviously you're upset when you're that close and you don't win. So they're going to have a real sense of urgency going back there. So for us, it's one game at a time and get to our game in a hurry. I know it's cliche, but that's what it is this time of year. You got to get to your game and stay at it longer. So um, I think early in my career. I remember my first playoff series ever. I was in Washington, and we were up 2-0 against Tampa, and we lost the next four. So for me, I know how quickly it can change. And I'm sure these guys in the room have been through some of those types of experiences. So for me, we've, we've won nothing. You know, we've got a 2-0 lead, but um, as you said, we're halfway there. That's it. So we know we, gotta, we have to be a lot better because you need to get better throughout the series or you don't advance. And I said, we weren't on top of our game in game two, but we were good enough to find a way to win and that's been our team this year a little bit we've been I think I've used the word imperfect a lot because we are but we find ways to stay in the game and win and that's a credit to the guys and that's what I think has made us who we are this year <clears throat> hey Bruce Gary Lawless Vegas Golden Knights what did they do in the neutral zone yesterday and how do you counter it uh, they, they, they were still in their one-two-two for the most part. They'll get aggressive going on D to Ds with certain guys, but at the end of the day, they just have numbers there, you know. And if you have numbers and you're taking good angles and have good sticks, then you have to be pretty clean getting through there. And we weren't. Uh, I thought we slowed the game down, especially in the second period in there. Uh, the night before, we were quick. We were stretching them out, catching them in between, and we were able to attack, attack, attack. Whether it results in goals or not, it results in them having to break pucks out and you wear them down. So I think, I don't know if their game changed as much as maybe our lack of execution fed into their game. And, and some of that's a credit to them for being in the right spots and checking well. Some of it was on us, like I said. I don't think, you look at the overtime goal, I know it's a simple play, but... You know, Naber is under pressure, but he moves the puck north, right? And now we got guys supporting the puck, and all of a sudden, skating off the puck, and now we're attacking. I thought we did that very well game one, not so much in game two. But second periods, I've said all year, if you get on the wrong side of that momentum, it can be a three-quarter ice game for you or against you because you're constantly getting it out and changing, and it's a long change. So that's what I thought we got. We were on the wrong side of it in the second period, and, um, and it showed. We didn't generate much. <laughs> Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Uh, before the playoffs, you mentioned that going on the road, the way that you guys played on the road this year could definitely translate to the playoffs. And 
is the way that you guys have played as far as complete games on the road, I think probably with the exception of Game 3 in Winnipeg, is that an, a, even more confidence that you guys can go up there and play, play a strong Yeah, run? I think our guys feel good. We, we've played well on the road all year, and we kind of talked about that. I think it's because we don't – we use everybody. We're four lines, 60. We're not chasing matchups. We're not worried about hiding anybody. So we just play. Uh, the guys know they're going over the boards. Um, experience – group in the room knowing that it's going to be loud all those things you just got to play through it and use it to your advantage actually in the playoffs I mean it was really loud in Winnipeg and Edmonton I thought it helps us too as well if you think about it that way so um, that's like I said that's our mindset right now and we got to be ready to counter aggression early and usually that is by moving pucks and executing and being clean and supporting pucks so that they don't have a chance to get those big hits on your D and play behind you the whole first period so that the you know the crowd gets into it. Like put them on their heels a little bit is what we we've tried to do. It didn't always work. Um, the game and it was at game four in Edmonton. You know they were on top of us in a hurry. We didn't and, and we were chasing the game the whole time. So that's what we got to be mindful of. Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, Bruce, I know you gave up one yesterday, but the penalty kill the last six games has looked significantly better. I mean, from the outside, from you, do you are you comfortable where it is right now? And yeah. What do you thought about it? I, I thought we were pretty good on it. I mean, I think that the first goal was a little bit of product, or their power play goal was, I mean, we had a clear opportunity, and we went back with it, and that was our second period. We were not playing direct and, and, and getting pucks up ice. Um you want help on a clear sometimes when you're on your forehand. I think if we had to do it over again, we just pounded the puck out. They keep it in. All of a sudden, it's in our net. So I think that's correctable. Um, and I think we have corrected a lot of things along the way. We've been more aggressive when we need to be, appropriate pressure. And we weren't as doing that as much early. Now, some of that's Edmonton, right? You, you know, you're kind of – they move it so quick and they're so dynamic. But Dallas is a little more predictable in what they're going to do, we feel. They're good at it. They still have a very good power play. But it's more to the net, out sticky at the net. So – um, for us, we've we've tried to really keep one of our forwards, make sure they're recovering back to the net so we're even in numbers there, and hopefully we, we, we rebound the puck. So it's worked out well for us for the most part. Um, like I said, they found a loose puck yesterday, buried it, and they're going to do that sometimes. So that's how we feel about our kill. It's, it's, it's a lot better than it was early in the playoffs. <clears throat> uh, Dan Rosen, NHL.com. Bruce, I think the March or so's goal yesterday, and you know we talk about their neutral zone, right, and how <clears throat> they they're really good in it. But the forecheck that you guys had on that goal, it wasn't driving Suter into the boards, but it was Jack with the stick, March or so covering the wall. He's got to go the other way. Is that sort of a thing that you guys can always fall back on? Like if they're clogging it up in the neutral zone, get it in, skate on the forecheck. But we have to fall back on that. If we don't, it's what the second period looks like and some of the first. So I think our guys understand that and got to it in the third, right? They didn't try to force a lot of plays. I mean, we got through there a couple times with some skill. I think Jack one time, but for the most part, you have to go around it and then create your turnover behind the goal line in those areas. And we've been good at that in this playoff. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad the guys recognized it in the third. We didn't stay stubborn for another 20 minutes. Um, and, and, you know, we, you know, we pre-scout. We, we have a good idea how Dallas is going to break the puck out, you know. Um, so our guys stuck to their routes, and good for them. Now, they'll say, well, maybe there's miscommunication between Suter and Heiskin on the first pass, but that's going to happen if you put teams under pressure enough times, and that's exactly what happened, and we're able to recover the puck. Now you got a chance to play with it. We happen to make a bang-bang play. You know, that's just, you know, a real elite 
mind and Jack and, and Marsh going to the right spot. So, you know, we, we scored quick, but other times you just got to get possession now and play in their zone, and that's when we're at our best. Um, we play that way. Even though we're a good line rush team, we saw it on the winning goal. For the most part in this playoffs, we've been at our best when we've, we've used four lines behind them, create your turnover. And um, as a coach, Dan, you're so happy to see a score goal like that because that's what you're kind of preaching. And when it works for you, it's easier to sell. It's harder work than probably scoring off the rush, um, but that's what's required. Two more. Alan Snell, LVSportsBiz.com. Hey, Bruce, um, I think in the Edmonton series, you expressed some of your most disappointment when, I think it was your term, the team didn't show the proper teammateness and, and competitive spirit. I think I made up too. a word there, unfortunately, yeah. but you, you know where I was going with it, I think. That, it was a good word. And I'm wondering, you know, in game three, you have a team that's won two um, overtime wins. You're playing a team against their back is against the wall. What kind of uh, proactive or preemptive kind of strategy do you use to make sure that the team will have the, the you know that that level of competitive spirit that obviously Dallas will have with their back against the wall? Well, we'll I mean, we'll talk about. As we said, we haven't. We've won two games. That doesn't mean you win a series. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. I heard Marshy say it after the game. So right away, the players are already talking about it. So they, they've they've been here. Um, if you look at the Vegas Golden Knights history, I mean they've been here, and, and you know they didn't get through Dallas one year, and I think it was Montreal the other year. So they they know it better than I do. What's required. So I don't know if I have to say much there. I certainly don't have to remind them. Um, for us, it's about okay. What did we do the other day? That got us in trouble and what did we do to get out of trouble and play better so i'm looking at it for me more as a x's and o's or adjustments or or reiterating what we need to do well more than about the emotion of the moment and all that i think our guys understand that because because they've they've lived it recently <clears throat> danny webster las vegas son uh brassois thompson are they traveling or no uh brassois no <laughs> Thompson, no, I don't believe he's traveling. It'll be uh, Patera would be our third goalie. And that was Bruce Cassidy from this morning, and uh, yeah, a very insightful ten minutes or so. But yeah. a, a lot of discussion about uh, pressure and and almost almost a matter of as I heard it, picking your battles. If the skill game's not there, put the puck in a position to make them make the hard decisions. And it's something that the Golden Knights did a much better job in the third period in Game Two. Uh, they've been good at it all year, and it's something that you know, maybe the team was a little stubborn early on uh, in the season, wanting to be a rush team. But what, the rush, what comes first? Do you, do you soften them up by putting pucks behind them, forechecking? Then you have defense who are turning and going back a little bit quicker. Guess what that opens up? Space at the blue line so you can attack on the rush, and you're able to find space between the blue line and the tops of the circle. So, you know, when you can't get to that, when they, they use the term lots, get to your game. Getting to your game is, is having that balance between putting pucks deep and, and cycling and getting offensive chances that way, and then being able to have all five guys coming up the ice through the neutral zone together. Like we talked about earlier. Okay, guys, the 5-4 game, it's not going to happen today. It's going to be the 2-2 game. Act appropriately. Exactly. Uh, and the Golden Knights got to that in the third period. We're going to hop out again. Again, there's a lot of sound to get to, including Ivan Barbashev and Mark Stone from earlier today. We're going to give it to you when we come back on nighttime at noon. Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Collect- 
Collectors Front Row Card Show is back at Tuscany Casino in Las Vegas on May 27th and 28th. Baseball, football, basketball, and hockey cards. Plus Pokemon, Marvel, Star Wars, and comic books. Bring, Bring your, your cards, cards and comics, comics to, the to the show. Get them graded by CSG or CGC. Sell your collection to Golden Auctions, Greg Morris Cards, Gold and Silver Pawn Shop, or 200, 200 other vendors. vendors. Thousands of dollars in free prizes. Don't, Don't miss it. it. Front Row Card Show Saturday and Sunday, May 27th and 28th, 11 to 5. For more info, go to FrontRowCardShow.com. That's FrontRowCardShow.com. Finley Volvo invites you to discover the first pure electric SUV from Volvo, the XC40 Recharge. Volvo's first battery electric SUV is fully connected, featuring the first infotainment system designed and built by Google and powered by Android. Hey, Google, turn up the heat. With Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store built in, along with legendary Volvo Safety, it's the SUV you've been waiting for. Learn more about the XC40 Recharge at FinleyVolvo.com. What is up? Garlic Parmesan bread is back for a limited time. Freshly baked bread with a hint of savory roasted garlic and a touch of tangy Parmesan cheese. Try it today at Porta Subs or order online at portasubs.com or on our app. Porta Subs, slicing up the quality you crave. Did you know that you could score free products and exclusive offers every Tuesday at Terribles? That's because I haven't told you yet. Whether you're on the go or sitting at home, it's easy. Just download the Terrible Social House app, get notified every Tuesday, and redeem that week's awesome deal in-store. On Tuesdays, think Terribles, because it's Terrible Tuesday! Yeah! It's Terrible Tuesday! Download the Terrible Social House app or visit Terribles.com for details. The West Coast Conference Baseball Tournament has moved to Las Vegas this year and will be decided May 24th through the 27th at the Las Vegas Ballpark in downtown Summerlin. Catch the top six WCC teams in action with up to nine games over four days. All session and premium ticket packages are available, as well as single session daily tickets starting at just $16. For tickets and information, please visit aviatorslv.com and go to the Las Vegas Ballpark tab. Hi, I'm Ronnie, the tax lady. Do you or your business owe money to the IRS? If you do, I can really help. With new tax laws and special IRS relief programs that can save you thousands of dollars. Get protection from bank levies, wage garnishments, and liens. Go to RonnieTheTaxLady.com or call now and speak with a tax professional for free. 800-376-9998. That's 800-376-9998. Or go to RonnieTheTaxLady.com. Want to stay up to date with the latest breaking sports news? As long as you learn something from it, it's not a mistake. Be sure to tune into The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back on nighttime at noon at Studio 31 at City National Arena. Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you. You know, folks, as the Golden Knights make their push for their first Stanley Cup championship, we are all out to unite the realm. But we can't unite the realm if you're sitting at home on your couch. We need to be together. So the, there's two solutions. We're either going to send everyone to your house, which seems a little bit impractical, <laughs> or you can come out with fellow medieval maniacs for the Game 3 watch party for... Tuesday's Game 3, puck drop at 5 p.m. We're all going to be gathered at the lawn at downtown Summerlin, uh, located off of Festival Plaza Drive in Las Vegas. That will be the official Golden Knights watch party for Game 3. Again, puck drop is at 5. The fun starts at 4 p.m. The lawn at downtown Summerlin. 
come on down and watch the Golden Knights push for a three nothing series lead over the Dallas Stars. Will you? Uh, are you a, a are you an outdoor watch party guy, Darren, or an indoor watch party guy? Uh, or does I, it not I, matter? It doesn't really matter as long as they're serving beer. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't mind the outside ones because I spend enough time inside in the hockey True. rings that I'm still. I'm, I'm, it's it's almost June and I'm see through, so I should do the outside one. <laughs> um, but that's gonna be a lot of fun. The lawn downtown Summerlin. Hope you will come down. And join us. Like we said, lots of sound as we get ready for Game 3 tomorrow. We heard from Bruce Cassidy already. We also heard earlier today from Mark Stone and Ivan Barbashev. Let's get to that. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Mark, what have you learned the most about your line over the last couple of rounds? Obviously, coming back, you've obviously had chemistry with, with Chandler, and you played with Brett a little bit. Just watching those two throughout the playoffs, what have you learned most about them? Um, I mean, I like our depth as a team in general, so... Uh, you know, usually um, the way we, we play, uh, not only as a line but as a team, somebody's getting a pretty good matchup usually. So um, sometimes that's us on nights, sometimes that's others on night, uh, other nights. So, um, yeah, guys have stepped up at, at different times. Um, fortunately, our line's done it the, the last two uh, overtime games. But, um, yeah, I just like the way the team's playing. Uh, uh, four lines uh, deep, six, uh, six D-men. Right side and back. Ivan, tell us a little bit about the way Jack Eichel's playing and uh, what you've learned about him since you got here. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been playing really well. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, playing with him since uh, since I got here. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the one thing uh, I was really impressed uh, about him is his uh, defensive play, you know, because I've never seen him play uh, quite a lot, to be honest. You know, we, we would usually play just maybe twice twice a year against him but uh you know just uh, since i came here uh, just seeing him playing every game uh, you know like it's been uh, special you know he's a big part of uh, this team and uh, you know he's done a really good job uh, defensively and uh, offensively uh, dan rosen nhl.com mark bruce was just in here talking about the last two rounds you guys were 1-1 and you lost one game probably because you didn't play near your best and if march so doesn't score yesterday you're probably saying the same thing right now up 2-0 after that game how does experience kind of play into your mindset and understanding where you guys are at right now and also understanding how you got a win yesterday too yeah i mean i don't think we played um maybe that up-tempo game we like to play um maybe there's a little bit of frustration at times but i didn't think we got overly frustrated um throughout the game um you know they played a pretty uh pretty perfect defensive style there uh, in the third um, but I think we started to push pretty pretty well and um, you know I kind of got them on their heels in the, late in the third period and uh, we get the big goal um, and that kind of carried a little bit of momentum into overtime that we did a good job uh, obviously get a huge save from from Aiden uh, early in overtime but um, yeah we just found a way to stick with the program um, and we got to do the same thing going into Dallas we know that they're going to be their crowd's going to be amped up um, they're going to try and push the pace early um, and we got to match that, uh, if not uh, uh, try and uh, take it a little step further. Adam Hill, Las Vegas UV Journal. Uh, Mark, since game three of the Edmonton series, the, power, the penalty kills looked uh, you know, significantly better. A lot of adjustments you guys made. I know you gave up one yesterday, but how, do you f- like, how much confidence do you guys feel in that unit right now, and how do you feel you guys are playing? Yeah, I, I think a lot of our coaching staff has said the numbers probably don't look that great, but um, and we had some big kills in the Edmonton series, uh, especially against the best power play think ever um 
that gave us momentum. So, um, yeah, we've carried that into here. But, uh, yeah, it's only been two games. And uh, I think discipline's been uh, big for us all season. We're nearly killing one or two or, or, or three. Um, it's easier to be good on the kill. Um, when you're giving up five, six, that's when uh, things start to stress a little bit more. But uh, definitely uh, uh, the team's got a lot of confidence right now uh, killing off penalties. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Ivan, uh, when you got here, obviously this team was a very good road team, and then that's translated well into the playoffs with the way that you guys have played on not just more so that you're winning on the road, but it's more complete games. Is that kind of what Mark alluded to, the confidence that you guys also can go into Dallas knowing how well you played on the road? Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, you know, like uh, I think every game we've been playing in playoffs and, uh, you know, I can see in the team that uh, this team wants to win. And uh, I think this is something really important for us. And, uh, you know, like especially, you know, getting a 2 nothing lead, uh, you know, in the series and then uh, going to Dallas, we, we all know like it's going to be pretty tough to play there. Uh, it's a it's a really good building uh, to play at, and uh, you know, like especially when uh, one of the teams goes down uh, two nothing in a series, uh, they will have to give you the best game they they can. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to be up to us uh, to push to push back and uh, find the game uh, the way we we want to play as as early as possible. Uh, Alan Sella of eSportsBiz.com. This is from Mark. Um, you've been through um, two semifinals with um, the Dallas in the bubble and Montreal. I'm wondering, they both ended up with losses. And I'm just curious, as a captain, what is the message, what is the mindset that you want to create to push through this time uh, so it doesn't repeat in the last couple of times? Um, I don't know. You kind of, I don't know if my message is you know, any different than anybody else. Um, you know, we've since bubble we've added Stanley Cup champions. I mean, we had Ivan who's been through it before. Um, Petro, um, you know, Marty's won cups. Uh, Quickie's won cups. A lot of guys that have won. Um, their experience has, uh, has helped um, not just the team, but with with, with some individuals. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's just one guy that's, that's sending the message. Uh, we've got a lot of guys in that room that um, know what it takes and, and know that uh, this. You know, be, being up to nothing, uh, this series is still far from over. Um, like Ivan said, they're going to probably uh, bring their best game uh, in game three. So uh, if we don't do the same, um, we're not going to like the results. So, um, and obviously we're going to go over some things that we uh, we need to be better in and, and try and take our game to to another level. Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, Mark, I know Jonathan doesn't do anything quietly, but uh, Mark Chassel always you know, seems to score the loud goal and let everybody know about it. Do you guys just kind of expect it now in big moments when he's going to kind of rise up? Well, I mean, he just scores. Um, he's scored goals his whole life. Um, he scores goals in practice. He, scores, he just scores goals. So um, I don't know. It's just... Uh, I don't know if it matters what when he scores them. Um, fortunately for us, he's scored uh, at the most opportune time uh, in the, over the last week or so. Um, if you give him a chance, uh, we like our chances that he's going to put in the back of the net, and he, he's done that um, over the last uh, couple of weeks. Two more questions. Dan Rosen, NHL.com. Ivan, does this team remind you of the 2019 Blues team at all with the way you guys play, the size and the back end? bit of an un- unknown in net and finding ways yeah uh it does to be honest you know i was actually thinking about uh 
yesterday after the game, uh, you know, like I see a lot of similar things, uh, you know, but I think first of all it's uh, this team wants to win and uh, every night we play there's always somebody else who's going to step up, you know, like in, uh, you've seen in this playoffs, you know, like especially going into overtimes you had uh, Amerio score a goal, then uh, Howard and then Stevie, you know, like it's it, it's always somebody else who's going to step up and uh, I think uh, the way we've been playing, you know, uh, we're really trying to, to make it hard for the the other team to play against us, and uh, especially in our building. Uh, and uh, this is something, you know, I go back in uh, 2019, and uh, you know, I'm kind of seeing the same thing. Steven Marsh, Ice Time Hockey West. Mark, uh, as you mentioned, two nothing series lead series is not over. Uh, you guys were down two nothing in a series a couple of years ago and came back and, and beat the Colorado Avalanche. So, how much can you lean on that experience uh, being on this side of it to try to avoid it happening to you guys now as you're up two nothing going into Dallas? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're really thinking about that. Um, we're looking at Game Three right now. Um, we know we're going to be playing a desperate hockey team, um, so we got to match that desperation. Um, like I said, we got guys who have been through this before, um, guys who have won. Um, got to rely on that kind of leadership um, uh, and and stick to uh, what we do best, what we know best. Um, try and get to our game as, as quickly as you can in Dallas to um, you know get things uh, get things off on the right track. That was Mark Stone and Ivan Barbashev from earlier today. I'll tell you what I think it was Dan Rosen who, who asked from NHL.com, but the uh, the 2019 St. Louis comparison, that's a fascinating one. It, it was, and you're asking the right guy. Yeah. Barbershop was part of that team. And you can ask Bruce Cassidy from the <laughs> other side of that perspective, perhaps. Exactly. And, you know, it, it, it's, it was interesting because Barbershop said, actually, just yesterday, I was thinking along those lines. And uh, from his perspective, lots of similarities. And that's a good thing because they won. Yeah. And and one of the unique aspects of that 2019 team was goaltending with Jordan Bennington. Not a direct parallel now with the uh, with the Golden Knights have with Aiden Hill, but still a, a spectacular run Aiden Hill's having. We're going to talk about that when we come back in our final segment of Nighttime at Noon. But first, just a reminder, fans, that the Vegas Nighthawks have won back-to-back games, and they are now back to 500 and right in the thick of the IFL Western Conference playoff race. Become part of the Nighthawks family. Don't miss out on the action at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Full season membership starts just $15 per ticket per game. For more information about tickets, venue, parking, and more, visit NighthawksFootball.com, NighthawksFootball.com. One segment to go on a Monday afternoon. We'll be back in just a moment. Along with Darren Elliott, I'm Brian McCormick. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wrapping things up on a Monday afternoon, Golden Knights fans, it is important that you remember that when you're at City National Arena, there's a great spot to grab a bite upstairs. Come and stop by McKenzie River Pizza Grill and Pub and eat like a Golden Knight. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Fans can dine in and catch their favorite games right by the rink. Call 702-916-2999. That's 702-916-2999. Or visit McKenzieRiverPizza.com and learn more today. I would recommend that you go there for Game 3 uh, tomorrow, and you can if you if that's your uh, best option. Like you option. asked before, unofficial watch parties, it's always open. It's a great place to watch the game. 
If you want to do it inside, that's the place to do it. If you want to do it outside, maybe a, a few more uh, kindred spirits, you head down to the lawn at downtown Summerlin for a 4 o'clock open gate rope drop, if you will, for the uh, official watch party for Game 3. Puck drop will be at 5 p.m. Hope we'll see you down at the lawn at downtown Summerlin. As we get ready for Game 3, Golden Knights in the driver's seat. They have a 2-0 series lead over the Dallas Stars. Florida Panthers are headed home with a 2-0 lead of their own after back-to-back overtime winners courtesy of Matthew Kachuk. Before we get to that broad view, real quick, uh, we've not talked about it yet. Aiden Hill, the uh, the job he's done coming in. Now, it shouldn't be a huge surprise because he was a goaltender right there with Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson, I think we could say, ultimately won the, the 1A starter's job. But Aiden Hill, highly trusted, highly utilized mm-hmm. throughout the season. Injuries made things a little bit of a creative shuffle going into the postseason. But nonetheless, you have the Golden Knights going in to the conference final using the third goalie that they've reached uh, on their depth chart now organizationally. And he has been absolutely spectacular and a reason that the Golden Knights are winning close games. Very much so. And he was uh, recommended to management with uh, goaltender coach uh, Sean Burke had worked with him. And big goalie, just like Sean Burke was. It's got him to be a little more patient, a little more calm in the crease. Uh, he's come in and done a great job. The, the great unknown was he's never really had playoff experience, never mind the other stuff that you mentioned um, this season with injuries and stuff like that. But he, it's interesting that we're talking about the goaltending as a third or fourth point. right? That, yeah. That's kind of been the case all season with this team. Good enough, solid, dependable inside the system, if you will. Still got to make the saves. He made a fantastic save in overtime. Yeah, well, we're not talking Wyatt, about Marcus White Johnson, I think. That's yeah. right. On a turnover uh, off the end wall, right in front, bang, bang, play. He makes a save before Marcus becomes the hero. So Aiden Hill has done exactly what you would hope to do as an athlete, um, as a fan base, and, and as teammates. And, and, and you're quite right. He had a good resume this season. He really solidified himself with Logan Thompson as a, as a good one-two tandem. I think it's just – it's been spoken about, but I, I hope there's appreciation for it just because – uh, I think we've gotten so accustomed to <laughs> a goaltending carousel right? in Vegas throughout the years, and just oh, next man up—that's what you do. No, no, you zoom out. This is unusual, <laughs> and it's the fact that it's so relied upon and dependable and matter of fact. I think is what I find so amazing. They had five goaltenders win games, including Yuri Patera this year. I mean, that—that that, usually that means a disaster of a season, and not a season where you're hoping and only six wins away from the Stanley Cup. Well, the Golden Knights banging on all cylinders as they hit into Game 3. That'll be again tomorrow afternoon, 5 o'clock puck drop. The watch party at the lawn in downtown Summerlin starts at 4. Uh, and tonight we'll have at 5 p.m. Game 3 in Sunrise as the Florida Panthers look to take a 3-0 lead over the Carolina Hurricanes in that series. That game will be on TNT. I'm Brian McCormick. He's Darren Elliott. Darren, thanks for stopping. This was fun today. Yeah, my pleasure. Good seeing you. Ready to lock in for Game 3 tonight. I've been watching too much hockey, but it ain't going to stop now. This has been Nighttime at Noon. Thanks for joining us. Tune in for the VGK Insider Show at 4 o'clock this afternoon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Take care, everybody. Have a great afternoon.